Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to Grow With Soul. It's just me this week and I really want to talk to you more about the working side of your business rather than so much the marketing side and how to get stuff done. I think that a lot of us struggle with this in different ways and productivity and motivation tends to be something that we really beat ourselves up over. So today I'm going to take you through a few kind of tools and concepts that I use to keep going and to get stuff done in my business. So I hope that you find some of them helpful too. Okay, so the first thing that I use as a very baseline measure is the concept of intention plus action. So this came out of a conversation with my friend Jessica Rose Williams where we were discussing those people that we look up to and that I'm sure you look up to too, what are they doing? (laughs) What does it take to get to the point that they're at? What's it take to be killing it online, to be leading the life that you want to live? And what we came down to was that those people are just doing it. They're doing the work, they're showing up, they're not moaning, they're not whinging, they're not overthinking, they're just doing the work. However, I then went away and kind of did some overthinking about that, (laughs) but I did refine it down a little bit because I think that glorifying just the doing aspect isn't actually too helpful and that it needs to be purposeful action. So that's where the idea of intention plus action came from. So it's really about how we approach both our whole business and individual tasks within our business. And that in order to be successful, whatever your version of that is, or to get what you want out of your business and or out of an individual task that you're doing, you need to combine the action that you're taking with a really strong intention behind it. So generally lean towards being naturally one or the other. So being more of an intention setter or more of a doer. I'm definitely an intention setter. I will plan and have ideas until the cows come home, but I tend not to always follow through on those. I, over the last kind of seven years, have had maybe three different blogs that I've started but those didn't work out because I just didn't publish them or I didn't publicize them anywhere so that's kind of the difference to me is that that was a very intention-led thing that I was doing in setting up this blog but I didn't follow through with it with the action it actually takes to make it a thing to make it what I wanted it to be so the risks therefore as you can tell, of being just an intention setter is that you have all the ideas and you don't follow through with them, you don't make them happen, you don't bring them into reality. Whereas the risk of being more of a doer is that you spend a lot of time doing stuff 
but it's not always effective because it doesn't have a strong purpose behind it that's really driving it. So you end up being really busy all the time and exhausting yourself, but is that actually the energy that you're putting into that isn't coming out the other end as results. So have a little think about which of those you think you probably are. You probably don't need to have too long a think about it because it's probably quite obvious to you. (laughs) But then let's think about how to integrate more of the other into what you do. So if you are a, a natural intention setter, then one way to make sure that you're always filling in the action is to plan it into the plan itself. So rather than thinking, oh, I'm going to start this podcast and it's going to be really great and I'm going to do this episode and that episode, right, but when is it going to be published? When are you going to be doing the recordings? Put some dates in place so that the action becomes part of the intention as well. Another thing to do is to find ways to get it done, even if it's not being done by you. So that's what I did with this podcast is that I'd had the intention to start it for a very long time, but never actually got round to doing the doing. So I outsourced the editing and the technical stuff because I knew that was what was holding me back. So I was therefore able to add the action onto the intention, but it wasn't necessarily me doing all of the action. So have a think about when there's a something you've got a really strong intention about, but you're not following through on it is there a way that you can get it done without you physically having to get it done? Another thing to do is, and this sounds really weird, but have fewer ideas. I think the more time that we spend dreaming, the less time we're spending doing. And if you've got 15 different ideas and you're just stewing over them in your mind, then none of them are ever going to get done. So really kind of make sure that you are limiting the the time that you'll spend having those ideas and setting those intentions and actually making sure that you leave space and room to be taking the action and to be doing things in your business. And if you are a doer, it's all about incorporating more purpose into what you're doing. So for example, I have a client who is very much a doer and we kind of realized that she was fiddling around doing stuff on the website without any purpose behind it just as a kind of form of procrastination and just to feel busy even though it wasn't the most effective use of her time so we put her on a a ban of fiddling with the website and so that might be something to do if you recognize that there is tasks that you're doing to take up time rather than to actually do something productive. Put yourself on a ban so that when you come back to doing that task, you're coming at it from a sense of purpose. So you're making sure that you're you're doing it because there's a reason behind it, not just for the sake of it. Another thing to do is to time your tasks. So if you are ending up spending six hours writing a blog post, for example, maybe set yourself a two hour timer and only let yourself spend those two hours doing it because then what you're forced to do is to sit down and really think about what is the job that this content has to do, what am I trying to achieve with this in order that you can do that within the two hours. So giving yourself a framework within which you can start to introduce more purpose And more generally, you can put together a a kind of checklist process. So whether that means when you sit down in the morning at your desk, you look at all the jobs you've written down to do that day, and then you make sure that each one, you've got a little tick next to it, and you know that what the purpose of that task is going to be. So say, using the blog post example again, 
you had to write a blog post down on that list. You could kind of tick through, I know what job I want this blog post to do for my business. I've thought about how I can make this come alive for my audience and what they need from it. And make sure that you just think about things for just five minutes longer to ensure that there's a purpose behind it and attention behind it and that therefore it can be more effective in your business. So in terms of using this in a practical way, as I kind of said at the beginning, it's sort of twofold. So you can use intention plus action to your overall approach to your business. So in your planning, when you're thinking about all the things that you're going to do in the next year or the next quarter even, what is the intention behind those? So say you've got a campaign coming up or you're launching a new product or whatever it is, what is the purpose of that campaign? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to to do for your business? How do you want it to help your customers? And then once you know that, what actions are you going to take in order for that intention to come into fruition? And again, thinking about new products, you can use this. And it's really important to use this because quite often we have an idea and we're like, I'm going to run with it. I'm going to just do it. And then it falls down because you're kind of taking just the action route rather than the intention route. So when you're thinking about a new offering, again, what is the purpose you want that offering to do for your business? What's it providing extra to your customers? And then what's the plan for making it real and putting it on sale? And thinking generally about the direction you want to take in your business and in your life, what do you want your life to look like? What's this all for? Which is a question that I I'm asking myself quite a lot at the moment. So what is it for? Why are you moving your business in this direction? And then once you know that, what are the best ways in which to to bring that into reality? However, where I mostly use intention plus action is in day-to-day tasks. So planning my content, thinking about emails that I'm sending and kind of networking that I'm doing, all those sorts of things. And also in my client calls, so I'll always set, before I do a client call, I set an intention for the call and then I set the kind of talking points of the call to make sure that I'm following through on the intention that I set. So in terms of planning your content though, it's really thinking about the intention. This is what's so important. This is what I teach in my courses about what is the job that that piece of content is going to do and how then can you create it in a way that it's best set up to do that job for you and your business. Whether that's a blog post, whether it's a newsletter, whether it's an Instagram post, what is it that you want it to do? And having that objective and that purpose for that piece of content. And similarly, if you are wanting to collaborate with someone or you're trying to outreach and get kind of interviews on podcasts or whatever else, be really clear about what you want out of it and ask for what you want and make sure that you are setting out your stall early. That in that email, you're saying, this is my story. This is what I want to get out of it. This is how I want us to work together. And then following up on those as well. So for me, intention plus action is really an approach in terms of actually physically managing my time, making sure that I'm getting stuff done. I have some more practical stuff as well. So one of which is using the concept of the minimum viable product for the task that I'm doing. So if you don't know what minimum viable product is, it's 
what people use to think about what is the very basic thing that we need to produce in order to get this on sale. So rather than thinking of the most perfect version of a product that's going to take 10 years to get to market, what is the first draft that we can do now that it's good enough to go on sale? So an example of this is perhaps if you have an idea for like an all singing, all dancing, printed journal slash um, diary maybe, then perhaps the minimum viable product of that is an ebook version. And so you can get that out on sale, get it tested, get some funds coming in in order to then go on and develop the all singing or dancing version. So in terms of using that concept for your tasks, it's what is the absolute minimum you have to do to be successful this week? And what is really good with that is that I find it really helps me when I'm overwhelmed So if I've got a lot on and I feel like I'm drowning in my inbox or I've got all this content to produce and I need to get it done right now this week, it actually really helps you to focus in on what really is important here. And when you have to get really specific about what you can cut out, it makes it clear what is important. So for example, let's take my week. So next week I'm off I'm off to see my parents having a little holiday for a week and so I've been really overwhelmed this week thinking oh well I need to get my blog post out I've got to record all these podcasts I've got to do my calls I've got to write my course and it's all feeling loaded on top of me loaded on top of me but then actually what is the minimum I have to do to be successful this week I have to record this podcast because I'm going out this week a blog post is that the most necessary important thing No. So I can cut that out. My calls I have to do, but actually that's fine just because I'm used to doing them. They're just part of it. Smoke signals. Yes, I do have to write some of those, but actually when I look at the spread of my week, I can fit it in in little places so I don't have to set aside a big four hour block of time. I can do an hour today, an hour tomorrow. So when you start to actually think about breaking down those tasks what is important and it will help you to see that so really this is a case of giving yourself less to do in order to be more productive so yes I might not get a blog post done but I get the important things of my calls my podcast and my and my course done and that's what's most important and this really leads on as well hand in hand with the concept of the three things which I'm pretty sure I might have mentioned on a previous episode but if not it's something that I've sent out to my mailing list before so the three things is something that I've taken from an old job of mine and that job was at a recruitment company so we would always have a Monday morning meeting and within that meeting everybody had to say out loud what the three things they would do that week to make more money and so For our context, I kind of turn it into what are the three things you need to do to make this week a success or what are the three things you need to do to move your business forward this week. And then in that job, somebody would be writing them down and then in the following Monday morning, we'd have to say whether we'd done those three things or not, which was always a very good way of getting stuff done. So similarly to the minimum viable product, it really makes you focus in on what is actually important, what is actually going to make a difference in your business. And it takes a weight off that everything else is just extra and you just have to do these three things. So what I would say as well is that the three things shouldn't be your everyday stuff. 
So for example, it shouldn't be answering my emails or uh, posting on Instagram or doing a blog post, unless of course you are so overwhelmed that actually those are the things, if you could get them done, it would make your week a success. But generally I say it's things like pitching for some outreach or sending an email to a magazine or investing in that course that you've been meaning to do all those things that are going to really move you forward that above and beyond the normal stuff that you do as a kind of everyday marketing they are your three things and they are the things that's going to really move you forward and if you can maybe get an accountability buddy to share your three things with that'd be really great that you can check in each week and make sure that you're you're moving forward and doing the things that you say you're going to be doing on the subject of day-to-day versus not day-to-day. Now's a good time to talk about how I think more about structuring your marketing projects. So I know that the trouble with marketing (laughs) is that there's not one important thing to be doing. Marketing works best when it's a system. So everything that you have, your Instagram, your blog, your podcast, your email list, they're all cogs in a machine and they all need to be turning together and working together. You're spinning all the plates in tandem because if somebody finds you on Instagram, then they need to come over to your blog and be able to see that there's content there and then they need to be able to sign up to an email list if they're not ready to buy yet. So it all needs to work as one big journey for people, which is, yeah, (laughs) makes it really difficult to be able to prioritize your tasks and things like that. But the way that I really think about it is in terms of your baseline and your projects or your campaigns. So your baseline work is all the stuff that you have to be doing to be existing online. So that's your social media, your content creation, maybe newsletters if you send those regularly. They're all the stuff you need to be doing to be just existing and basically visible online. So that's what I spend most of my time doing in my business now. So I write blogs, I record podcasts, I email my newsletter, I'm visible on stories and I post on Instagram and they're all the stuff that I need to do just to exist. That is kind of what you might call the low hum of your marketing. And then on top of that, you have the campaigns or the projects which cause either a spike in your activity or they might be something that you've wanted to start and then they become baseline. So this podcast again, for example, it started out as a project because it was a project to get it done and get it launched, but now it's moved down into being more of that baseline hum. And then really, so thinking about it like that in a musical sense, your projects are the kind of trumpet solo on top of the hum where you want to be really visible, really loud for a short period of time and then go back into the hum. So an example of that might be if you've got a new project launch, then all the content you're creating is about that launch. You're more active on social. You might be getting outreach and stuff to be more visible during that launch period. So these are all the things that you might be doing within those projects and campaigns. And you might want to plan those in once a month or maybe you kind of do it more quarterly, which especially for product-based businesses a lot of your campaigns and your projects are going to come in Q4 when you've got Christmas coming up. So that's just a way to think about how you're planning your marketing and the tasks that you're doing in your business. You shouldn't feel overwhelmed by your baseline stuff. 
I know things happen, stuff comes up, personal stuff comes up in your life where actually even your baseline feels like a push. So it's just kind of getting in tune with the rhythm of your business and knowing when you need to be doing your trumpet solo, when you need to be doing your campaigns and making sure that you don't have other stuff on at that time so you can be really full force into promoting those things. So when you're thinking about your three things, generally you should be doing more project-based stuff for your three things than baseline-based stuff. But as I said, if you're really up against it and actually getting an Instagram post out this week is going to be the best thing you can do, still go for it. Okay, so another thing to think about when you are planning what you're doing, you're deciding your day-to-day routine, all those kind of things, is what is your job? So I find in my own personal experience and with working with clients that we do things that really we shouldn't be doing or don't necessarily have to be doing because it feels important and we don't do things that we should or that we want to because they feel frivolous. So an example of the former is spending three hours engaging on Instagram, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but is that your job? Are you an Instagram influencer and you need to spend the large majority of your time building that following? If you are running a business that is not being an Instagram influencer, the answer to that is no. Is that the best use of those three hours? It never will be. It's important to engage on Instagram and I'm not saying that in the slightest, definitely. If you're not engaging regularly, you need to be. However, it's really balancing the time and actually thinking, right, my job is the CEO of this business. So if I've got three hours to spend, maybe half an hour of that should be on engaging on Instagram and then the rest of it I need to be finding more effective things to be doing. Similarly, with the the kind of latter part of that statement about not doing things that we should or that we want to because it feels frivolous, this is something that you need to define in your job as well. This is something that I'm working on at the moment in that I really want to be reading more. I really want to be researching and listening to podcasts and reading widely around my subject but it feels like it's not work or it feels frivolous and so I've not been doing it and then actually I had to think well what is my job if part of my job is advising people giving them help giving them resources then actually knowing what's going on in the rest of the world, having examples to give, being able to recommend books and podcasts and articles is a really big part of my job. So I need to be reading widely, researching, listening to things, keeping an ear on the ground and being connected to the wider world. That That's an important part of my job. So I need to do some mindset work around that where I have to think, right, well, what are the areas that I'm doing that aren't necessarily a part of my job that I can stop doing or maybe outsource in order for me to be able to do this important part of my job. So write yourself a job description. Define your job role and what the tasks that you need to be doing and then plan your time accordingly. So again, going back to, let's say you're spending three hours a day currently engaging on Instagram. Well, let's knock that down to half an hour, maybe an hour if you've posted that day. 
And then in the rest of the two hours, what can you be doing? Do you need to be emailing for pitches to be getting coverage in time for Christmas? Do you need to be reading and researching like me in order to be able to give my clients a better experience? Do you need to be creating products? Do you need to be planning for the year ahead? All these things are things that can be better spent than doing stuff that's not the most effective use of your time. So those are really the main things that I use at the moment to be thinking about how I'm using time, how I'm being effective, how I'm being most productive. I think if you aren't feeling like you're at your top productivity game at the moment, don't feel bad about that. I mean, I certainly am not. I feel rather like I'm dragging myself across the finish line at the moment. And a big part of this is acceptance and tuning in and learning about ourselves, how we're motivated, how our levels of productivity change. I know that Jan Carrington talks a lot about what season you're in at the moment and that I think there is something useful in that in not feeling like you have to be the number one most productive person in the world at all times because you're never going to be that. And it's absolutely fine to not be completely motivated and jumping for joy out of bed every morning, every week of your business. But what I hope that this podcast has done and and perhaps the thinking that it's going to start is to give you some structures so that when you're not feeling full of the joys of productivity, that you have a structure in place and a framework that you can use to still be being effective and still be getting stuff done, even when you're feeling sluggish, like I am at the moment. So I'd be really interested to know if you have any other frameworks that you use. I might do a a follow-up blog post about it if you want to send me a, a comment or a DM on Instagram or send me an email with your ideas and your frameworks of how you stay motivated and stay on top of your productivity. That would be really cool. Otherwise, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Do come and let me know if you have. I'm at Simple and Season on Instagram and any show notes will be at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and while you're here it would also be really useful and really great if you could give me a review in iTunes or your podcast app just to say how much you're loving and enjoying these episodes because it really helps to help other people find the podcast and to grow it and to get people more people growing with soul and that's what we want we want more soulful businesses in the world doing great things so yeah I hope you found this useful and it gives you some food for thought and until next time I hope you grow with soul